Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley and you're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. In this monthly conversation with Sean McDonough and Jeff Varosky, we discuss updates to co-pilot copyright protections, the new Starfield game, and more community news. Let's get started. And welcome to another episode of the Collab Talk podcast, where we discuss the convergence of technology, business productivity, and collaboration culture. My co-conspirators today are Sean McDonough, a senior solution architect and consultant with Acumina in Cincinnati, Ohio, and an M365 Apps and Services MVP, and Mr. Jeff Varosky, a senior architect for Insight, who are a massive company. They're everywhere. Uh, co-founder of the Boston Office of 365 User Group and the co-founder of the new Janky Workshop on YouTube. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. And also the chief dish and bottle washer for Mbaro Designs. That's right. Yeah, I, I have too many jobs. Well, Recently I mean, added to his hat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm excited. Get excited, guys, about the topics today. We're Our focus today... As always, on the latest Microsoft news, and may, maybe you gentlemen know of anything else that's not on this list, but I thought, <clears throat> what's more exciting than number one topic, co-pilot copyright protection? Ooh. Ooh. Now that is interesting. I, I know. Hmm. I know. Let's, we'll, we'll wait. Second, Python in Excel. <laughs> wow. I, really? <laughs> okay. I, and Christmas has come early. We'll, we'll, we'll spend a few minutes. And we'll talk about Starfield as well. Okay. So, oh yeah. Anything else? Anything else jump out at you guys? Is that not exciting enough for you guys? Um, the first point, yeah. Python and Excel makes me think of the uh, Easter egg where you get a flight sim. They just threw it in there <laughs> um, in a previous version of Excel. But um, I'm kind of curious how they're positioning Python in Excel. I don't think many number crunchers are going to be full-blown programmers or developers well we'll come back to, we'll come back to that that conversation well, let's talk about i you know it's been a couple weeks it's been a few weeks since we had any new ai slash copilot related announcements out of microsoft so i'm i'm shocked i i figured there'd be at least a dozen product announcements and new logos each month <laughs> yeah it's basically like playing Scrabble, pick out a few letters and everything and put together a, a logo or a product name. But um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. So co-pilot copyright protection. Yeah, so, have you guys read up on that? So is it copywriting co-pilot generated material? Well, basically what it is, um, you know, it's, if you read the article, I've got the link here, so it'll be in the resources on the blog as well. Uh, Microsoft's AI-powered co-pilots are changing the way we work. Indeed, they are. Mm -hmm. Making customers more efficient while unlocking new levels of creativity. While these transformative tools open doors to new possibilities, they are also raising new questions. Some customers are concerned about the risk of IP infringement claims if they use the output produced by generative AI. 
So th that is, so basically Microsoft is saying, hey, we're going to protect you. I'm looking for the details is. Um, so there, if the output they generate without worrying about the copyright claims, Microsoft provides straightforward answer. Yes, you can. If you are challenged on copyright grounds, we will assume responsibility for the potential legal risks involved. Oh. So that. So that is something, there's been some conversations around that have been interviewing a lot of companies, a lot of experts on different angles of AI for the podcast. If you've not been listening to the podcast lately, folks, it's uh, definitely having AI streak in it. About, I think, 10 people this year already um, wow. that I've interviewed specifically around AI. Hmm. Um, but this is a, an important issue. Um Basically, is there a plagiarism checker built into the responses that you get through Copilot? Yeah, that's I was going to ask the question. Did the article indicate whether it uses metadata? Does it consider does it look it up dynamically and check for any kind of license code? Um, it's you know, it, it seems like it's a noble goal and I fully agree with it um, because IP owners have very valid concerns in this area how exactly does it know yeah well it says this new commitment extends our existing intellectual property indemnity support to commercial co-pilot services and builds on our previous ai customer commitments and i've, I've got a link for that uh as well so it's important to, to read through there specifically if a third party sues a commercial customer for copyright infringement for using Microsoft's co-pilots or the output they generate, we will defend the customer and pay the amount of any adverse judgments or settlements that result from the lawsuit. As long as the customer used the guardrails and content filters we have built into our products. That, yeah, you, you need to pay attention to the caveats, folks. Yeah, that's pretty bold though for Microsoft to yeah. I mean, it's it's consistent with um, like M365 downtime and being refunded for that. But I see this as being potentially more costly for Microsoft, um, especially if those guardrails are a little loose. Um, but to back it up legally, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. They go on to say. You know why they're offering these they one they believe in standing behind our customers when we, they use our products it's great um two we are sensitive to the concerns of authors and we believe that microsoft rather than our customers should assume the responsibility to address them uh, that's again that's a very bold statement but that is that that's great that they're doing that and it's such a necessary you know with all with all of the doom and gloomers about ai uh well you know they they will eventually destroy us but uh whether it's in our lifetime or 100 years from now before the you know they become self-aware and um, it's just around the corner yeah it's just it's, it's happening uh you know before that happens um well, thankfully we have john connor so i'm not too worried like it's gonna it's gonna be fixed you know <laughs> uh, absolutely no but that they re they recognize that um you know, that the number one concern is this, is the IP infringement, what happens if they go in and use that content. So yeah. as I lightly mentioned, you know, like built-in plagiarism checker, I mean, that's an important part of that. It's one thing to source material. And if you've, I don't know if you get, either of you guys have played with 
going and asking for specifically for uh, references of its, its material. Um, different tools are stronger at providing hmm. relevant links back. Um, that's I have not played with that, but that no, is, that's a really good idea. Mm -hmm. Being able to do that and have it. So you say different tools provide different different levels, levels of accuracy of their citations when requested. Okay. Um, Chat GPT. Um, I if it ever provides a link, um, don't just assume. Oh, and I've got the link, and here I provide the link to the source for that. Go look at it. Um, yeah. Chase more it to the times source. Then not. It's just a garbage link. It has nothing to do with the the topic. Gotcha. Uh, and then the third point they make is we have built important guardrails into our co-pilots to help respect authors' copyrights. So, uh, yeah, so it builds on, complements their work to protect digital safety, security, privacy, monitoring, and abuse detection, including that which potentially infringes third-party content. So our new copy co-pilot copyright commitment, CCC, uh, requires that customers use these technologies, creating incentives for everyone to better respect copyright concerns. Yeah, so it's a, a, again one of those, and I think we talked about this a couple we episodes did. back. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it, it again, it's like when Delve was turned on. It's going to surface your lack security, your lack of a proper information architecture around your data. It's the search problem all over again. Mm -hmm. On a yeah. grander scale. Yeah. Well, it'll yeah, be interesting yeah. to see how much content gets created without those guardrails um, because they're making it optional, right? You can dial down the security warnings and uh, potential IP infringement. So. That'll be an interesting one to see how uh, how much junk gets thrown at Microsoft because somebody wasn't using the tool properly. Yeah, and that's I just still surprised like you know Microsoft would assume like that kind of legal responsibility. I figured there'd yeah. be you know a five thousand page EULA saying that basically no, you're not touching that with a a hundred foot pole, you know. Well, it's yeah. the tool provider versus the publisher, you know. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Microsoft of days past was more in the you're on your own with it. But with, you know, M365 and the, the financial downtime compensation, that was a big deal at the time because they provided not a guarantee, but um, remuneration for. Um, any downtime you had and they, you know, they put their money where their mouth is. Um, and that's still, I think, somewhat noteworthy. And, you know, Microsoft has always <laughs> has been fighting against the the big corporate behemoth um, image for a while as a friendlier, gentler, kinder Microsoft. <laughs> so um, I think they're simply acknowledging that the uh, the concerns that people have, there are many concerns, um, and they're acknowledging that and doing what they can because it makes good sense. Otherwise, folks aren't going to use your tools if they're getting sued left and right. Yeah. 
but they're also i was just thinking too of practical terms like how has it's actually applied it it, it there, there needs to be a way for microsoft to be able to go and audit and see that activity and what was generated and whether uh, whether those guardrails were being you know followed during that time or if they could see that oh there was the the breach there was the incident with what was generated and then shortly after that 30 minutes later turned on a bunch of features that weren't turned on before <laughs> yeah i'm sure they're logging uh, the various queries and whatnot that come their way including the parameters that are with them so they should you know if they get called on it I'm sure you know you're going to have a, a correlation ID with the, each run of the request, and they'll know whether or not um, something was awry or fixed soon thereafter um, with the with the uh, query. Just looking to see if there's any other details on it. Don't don't see anything, but yeah, worth definitely worth reading up on this again this this is the one of the top concerns of companies um that is a pretty bold stripe it'll be interesting to look at how other companies google for example responds to that whether they mm -hmm. follow suit like i've noticed that I don't know if either <laughs> follow <of> you... suit <laughs> that's a Thank lawyer you. joke yes yeah that was funny <laughs> So funny. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I just was noticing that. Uh, you know, so finally, with a Google search experience, it has a similar generative AI experience mm -hmm. that Bing has now, and so slightly different approach. Um, the format, go play with that if you've not seen that, folks. Um, but uh, so I've got Bing as my <clears throat> default. Um, but uh, unfortunately, when I'm doing certain types of searches, Bing results are just not up to par is the nice way to say it. Um, and so uh, I, I'm still overusing uh, Google, but I have to type the word Google to get to it. That's what I'm saying. It's like um, Bing is the default. But so I just noticed today as I was in searching for something that that experience that they have the generative AI response They've got you know useful links. They've got their disclaimers built right into it. So yeah, it's mm. great to see this. Yeah, I just I started I've playing got some with that the other day. To do. Yeah, I just started playing okay. with the uh, Google one the other day because it popped up. I did a search for something on my phone. I'm like, oh, do, would you like a generative AI response? I'm like, yes, I do. And they were <laughs> actually pretty good. Do you remember what you asked it, Jeff? No. <laughs> that was that was far too long ago. That was like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, all the way to yesterday. Yeah, I think maybe. Who knows? In the past. Yeah. Well, so it's it's cool to see this. I think it, you know, and, and for folks that are wondering these these uh, as we move on to the second super exciting topic for for us that we're all thrilled to discuss of uh, uh, yeah that it's a it's kind of a slow news cycle this time of year for the, the microsoft ecosystem as uh, microsoft leadership essentially takes the month of august on vacation and uh it's been you know come back with school starting up here in the us uh, everybody back kind of in office 
and there's just it's been a just just again not not a lot of announcements going on right now well other than our third topic which was is exciting well let's move on to to, to uh the exciting ever exciting topic of python it makes more sense than bb scripts uh, i don't know <laughs> Uh, I mean, I like Python, and that's one of the, you know, I teach in the Teals program, and nope. Python is one of the languages we've covered in the past. Um, I'm just trying to, yeah, I guess, I guess there is a need to be able to script out things in Excel. The The, the problem I have is people try to build applications out of tools with embedded script languages mm -hmm. right and that's where you know it should be you may you know oftentimes i've been involved with projects where somebody built a system in access or they built it in excel you know some master spreadsheet um, and they put all their eggs in that one basket oftentimes without any sort of protection or redundancy or backup um, and then when you need to audit them potentially to uh, change their business logic, it's a snafu. It's a mess. So I, I yeah. do see the need for it. Yeah, as Jeff said, you know, anything's better than VB script or VB for applications. But um, I'm not so sure that uh, I, I'd like to see that trend sort of taper off a bit in terms of. Um, you know, people building monolithic systems in Excel and Access and whatnot. Yeah, like you can use it as a data source for a Power Platform. Um, you know, uh, you know, uh, Google Sheets. You can do that. They have their um, app, something, whatever, uh, that you can use to use Google Sheets or Excel documents as a data source. Which is, you know, it's easily accessible way to build a database for your average user. Uh, but use something else to build the tool on top of it. Hmm. Well, Excel still is. I, I whatever I, I think of Excel, we all use it for the basic functionality. It is still, I believe, the number one project management tool in the world, <laughs> for better or worse. Yeah. And so why not also do all of our data science, all of our data visualizations, build everything in Excel. But it's a, no, I mean, I, so I was thinking about something like this. Uh, look, as much as you, I, I know it makes for great audio, um, Sean's grimace that he made. Um, <laughs> but the fact that we are using Excel to build a lot of the, the data visualizations. It's something that we can pull the data from other sources, go in, clean it up, and then create something to present. I mean, it's just just a reality. So if we can make that easier. You're right. I mean, the the, the danger is like like I've got my son that's in the data science field in uh, in the atmospheric sciences. I've got my daughter who is a um, Tableau and um, and Power BI expert. Um, doing data science in the healthcare industry. So my two STEM kids both kind of found the, their way into data science and are doing really well in, in their respective industries. And so Nick learned in school um, Python and R, 
And what is he doing now? VB. He's building those things, building those tools, those solutions. Um, he's using Excel a lot. It's just because the nature of the company that they're a Microsoft shop and they're they're using those tools. And so this is something we actually chatted about. That's why it was on my list of exciting topics. <laughs> What's Somebody his in the take real on world. It? Uh, uh, well, if you know Nick, um, you know that uh, he's basically the far side Labrador retriever. If he's super happy, super sad, if he's <laughs> about to kill somebody, it's the exact same face. So gotcha. It was discussed that there this was available and that he was looking at it, which brought my attention to this news. <laughs> and uh, so I he, either he was uh, very sad about it or very excited. I couldn't tell. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> well, if we look at it at, you know, just on the surface at face value without, you know, concerns of design and backup and redundancy and whatnot, um, Swapping Python in for VBScript, I think, is a solid move. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I've got nothing else to say on it. Not, It's not my space, but it's, uh, hey, it's out there, folks. Uh, go take a look. In fact, there is, did I add to the links? Oh, I've got the page to look at as well. So Microsoft is very quick. They built like their generic python in excel try the preview sign right in use it right there bunch of pretty pictures um so if you're interested take a look at that it's the third link in the list down below i'd be happy i'd be happy yeah. if they went with Perl script in there personally but oh. that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh hey one other thing hey this is minor news i know it doesn't really uh, uh, affect us at all here in the states but uh, in the European Union, um, removing teams from the M365 SKU. Really? You get standalone SKU. Yeah, did you hear about that? No. no. Yeah, it's one of those old things. It's kind of like the old, you know, bundling the browser. And so they, it's, it's become an ecosystem. So without reading any detail into the, the, the news, like I saw it, I saw a couple of news clips on it, you know, the articles that, tell you something is happening but then don't provide any details about what it actually is or what it means i read a couple of those and that's the sorry state of our current uh news sources out on the interwebs um, like but i basically i likened it to the browser bundling controversy yeah. you need to strip that out and because I, I just assumed that Teams has become such a a, a, a standalone ecosystem on its own with solutions <clears throat> that it makes sense that the EU would say, hey, we want it to be handled on its own. Mm -hmm. We don't want it bundled with everything else. What if we just want Teams and nothing else? Nothing. Yeah, so this is um, beginning October 1st of this year, 2023. We will unbundle Teams for our Microsoft 365 and Office 365 suites in the EEA in Switzerland. 
Um, so we will instead simply sell these offerings without teams at a lower price. We will do this for our core enterprise customers, which represent most of our commercial business in Europe and Switzerland. Second, we will enhance our existing resources on interoperability with Microsoft 365 and Office 365. Um, so this work allows companies like Zoom and Salesforce to create tailored and integrated experiences across Exchange, Outlook, and even Teams. However, as part of the investigation process, we have heard feedback that given the broad capabilities of Microsoft 365, Remember folks, that includes Windows as well as security and mobile stuff. So it's a pretty broad offering. So separating those things. Um, Microsoft could do more in terms of providing support and making development easier. Then finally, we will create new mechanisms to enable third-party solutions to host Office web applications. So, yeah. Hmm. I don't know all the hubbub happening behind the scenes, but yeah, this was uh, for me just kind of a yawn. Like, of course they're going to ask for that, and it's split out, and Microsoft will go and do that. And no teams. A lot for of you. a lot of Microsoft customers that'll get confused because you're adding more SKUs because that's what every customer truly wants. Is that was the first thing I thought. More yeah. complexity in licensing. Yes, please. Let me have more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, good times, good times. All right, let's <laughs> move on. So I was mentioning before we start recording. So uh, my son-in-law pinged me over the weekend. He's like, Christian, so are you already playing Starfield? I'm like, what's Starfield? <laughs> and uh, I, I've been yeah, busy. Fossil. I was sick and I was busy. And so then when he <laughs> explained it, because as you guys know, I'm I'm like one of the world's largest Lord of the Rings fans. I'm a fan of Skyrim. I play the uh the War of the Rings of like those those games. Sean Leisure Suit Larry. You even gave me a t-shirt. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Little Leisure Suit Larry. Yes. <laughs> Love, love the, you know, the related games. And my son-in-law said, uh, Christian, this is Skyrim in space. And I'm like, say no more. I went and watched a couple of the videos yesterday, the run-throughs, and started then paying attention to the news around it. And I mean, it was, they had 250,000 people playing on the beta. Wow. And they had been on it for a while. So... And you made a comment, Sean, that read about this. A couple of the news people, a couple of the reviewers said the same thing. Like, can't believe how solid this is for a yeah. newly launched game. Well, if they had 250,000 people in beta, those people were obviously, you know, doing the lion's share of the finding bugs, um, getting data back to uh, Bethesda, who publishes the game. Um but yeah, that's you know, it, especially for the scale on which the game operates. If you think about space, you know, my understanding is there are a thousand plus worlds that you can visit, and they're all manicured experiences. It's not like procedurally generated. As of today, a thousand worlds that you can visit. 
Will they get a patch more in? I'm sure it'll happen. <clears throat> You'll have uh, something similar to uh, the Star Wars universe with those giant space whales that'll jump you to another galaxy or something. <laughs> <laughs> Well, a guy yeah, already built the uh, the Slave One or Slave Two, whatever uh, Boba Fett's, uh, or, or or sorry, Jango Fett's ship. Um, but uh, so he built something similar to that within this world. But yeah, I mean the fact that you can, you you can do nothing but play beyond a single planet and roam the entire planet. Yeah. Or build, buy or steal a spaceship, and go to other planets. And build That's bases on them. And build bases. Well, I watched a video of a guy who was already being mocked for it, but stole a spaceship, which <laughs> then at, started his armada. So he had two ships. And he started going into a base that he had just killed everybody and raided and was hoarding stuff and bringing it back to the ship and just dumping it on the floor, going back and <laughs> gathering more. It's kind of the, uh, well, it's like data in the modern age and information management. Like, we don't know if we're going to need that later. Grab My nephew, uh, I was talking to him last night. He was the one who put me onto Starfield. I've been playing it since last week. Um, he said there was a guy who got potatoes, nothing but potatoes, loaded them into a ship and somehow was outside and managed to open the door so all these potatoes go rolling out into the station and he can see it through the glass it's like who thinks of these things <laughs> i mean seriously i didn't even know it was a game until the other day when microsoft sent out the email saying it's now available and i'm like oh it's a game i thought it was like a series or a movie or something because i had seen a couple blurbs on youtube like adam savage has been building a starfield ship on his channel um and i haven't watched any of them so i had no idea what it was i just figured it was like a, you know the sci-fi movie or something like that but apparently it's a game so i just found that out the other day yeah well again it's one of those things too where your profile is uh, like your character and what you do in the game so it's got you know different kinds of weapons so if you've played skyrim any of these kinds of the exploring mm -hmm. what, what i love about it is just it's an open world map so you can just mm -hmm. start jump off your ship and just start walking straight and just go you will circle the globe or until you reach an ocean swim you know i don't know um <laughs> but there's different character attributes where um uh, you know the, you'll have different experiences based on that so you can slowly pick up all the skills which takes a long time or you can scale up really quick in different areas that give you, I don't know, magic type abilities or other skills. But it's uh, so I mean, you can really change, you know, the 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 experience by changing the character as well as what you go and build. So there's already videos out there, and I'll, I'll share the links to a couple of these articles. Um, but videos that. I was telling the guys here before we started recording of like how to build a ship, how to sell your ship, um, how to, to level up more quickly and get other places and videos on different interesting planets that you should go check out. And uh, like you guys talked about, you know, people that have built extravagant over the top cities or bases, um, things like that. So yeah, it, it just looks 
like an incredible experience. Yeah, whether you play it on, I don't know what consoles, it's available in Steam as well as uh, Xbox. Yeah. Is it all it's also PlayStation, isn't it? I don't know. No idea. I'll ask my son on Thursday. He'll he'll know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh yeah, just just what we all need, another thing to go waste a whole lot of time with, but it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, I was at the rate of my current progress, I think I'm going to be playing this for years. It's <laughs> the sheer number of skills is ridiculous. And on top of that, each one has four ranks. So it's it's crazy. It's absolutely, you know, you can get experience and money doing all sorts of things. Mining is pretty common. Exploring new systems, um, cataloging planets, all the flora and fauna on the planet, as well as resources. It's it's really amazing and it looks great. I mean, it's no NBA 2K24, but it does look <laughs> cool. Well, thank God for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, there's a it's just just what I don't don't need. I think my my wife as we were chatting about it. She's just like, well. At least you won't spend a lot of time. I'm, it's, I'm not a massive gamer, but yeah, I, I just have this affinity towards the, again, Lord of the Rings types mm -hmm. games. Sure. And uh, so, although I am a huge Halo Infinite fan. This is true. It's another big time suck that's out there, but. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, it's uh, for folks that are interested in that. So I know that the uh, the Xbox Lives, uh, there's the uh, it's either $69.99 or $99.99 for the premium edition. Um, I'm sure there's tons of other in-game add-ons, other ways that you can spend a whole lot more money than you want to. Not that I've seen say so that far. Spend. I'm Actually, sure they'll it, get there. It's a, it's inevitable, of course. Yeah. Well, I'll deal with that. Well, again, they'll add the mods where you, uh, well, can you build a planet? Can you go in? Is that there? Is that built in? Can I go in? I don't know. Atmosphere on a rock and create a planet or, or discover new untouched planets. Um, untouched planets by you, you can find, because again, this, the key difference between there's literally dozens of planets that are out there that I have not touched. So that's exciting. Dozens, <laughs> Jeff, dozens, dozens, <laughs> Baker's Sounds dozens impressive. or just dozens. Well, I'm assuming somebody had been on them since they created them. They're out there and 250,000 people have been playing for months on it. So, well, yeah, but it's for you, you know, it's it, every, it's not a shared instance. So you have your own private universe. So Christian universe. <laughs> <laughs> You're mocking me, aren't you? <laughs> I would never do that. Yes. Uh, well, it, it's, uh, it, it's definitely worth going. If, you, if you've not, folks that are listening, if you've not yet seen it, just go look at some of the gameplay. I mean, it's, it's, one thing to watch, like the promo videos, which they try to make it like, like you said, I can understand why you're confused. Like, is this a, a movie, a TV show? Is it a Netflix series? 
kind of thing and it, it doesn't really show you anything you go actually do a you watch an in-game somebody playing it walking through it, it's uh it's pretty amazing and it is just like the movement and the actions just like skyrim so if you were ever into uh the elder scrolls series and skyrim mm. yeah um, it's it's pretty cool so well gentlemen some exciting stuff. I mean, I, we all need to go study up on the uh, the Python and Excel. Python, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely something we dust off my uh, uh, Python for Dummies book. There you go, <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen, for your time, and thanks everybody for uh, for listening in this week. All right, Take cheers, care. thanks. You've been listening to the Collab Talk podcast. New episodes are published weekly, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and most other podcast platforms. Thanks for listening.